All I say is God bless America because we really need it right about now. Every hour on the hour, when we listen and gain our knowledge and power, we turn to the no bullshit hour. Let's just start breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. Boy, you should have heard the uh, pre-show with, with, with these two women. I thought they were gonna stuff. Spicy, man. Yeah. It's all good, Charlie. Oh, it it's is. All good. <laughs> you two, I know, would be besties, but uh, like that's. Uh, l- l- let me start it this way. Today's program is about Americans, for Americans, brought to you, of course, by American Coney Island, a flagship store, the heart of Detroit at Michigan and Lafayette. We've been, as we told you, remember 9-11 for a few months because it means more to me and it means more to the people with me here today than a little show on CNN next week. So I wanna begin with this, a remembrance of my Pal Eddie, one of the greatest photographers of the second half of the 20th century, who today is battling melanoma of the brain. He's in Sloan Kettering. Pretty sure he caught that from ground zero all the days we spent there. So let's remember Eddie for a second here. My friend Eddie Keating, the photographer. Every day we were together, it, w- it was our duty to chronicle this. He won the Pulitzer Prize for his photography. He has brain cancer now. We both think it's probably from ground zero. Eddie Keating and I, by this time, this is spring. The working people thought it important that we be there, so they gave us credentials to be there with them, the operating engineers, right? Your helmet and your credentials. And Eddie Keating, the baddest fucking photographer I ever met, man. He, I watched that guy get chased off by the Hells Angels. Eddie Keating got snatched up by the Serbs during the, the Bosnian-Serbian War. Eddie Keating did not believe at all in a zoom lens. Eddie Keating believed you have to walk the lens in. You have to fill the frame. That's what he was all about. Like this. Oh, your cigarette? Little Leica? So that day, we're told they found 100 firefighters huddled together. Oh my God, right? That's, that's a historic moment. So the police, the fire chiefs, the Port Authority official, I mean, they're all the heavyweights of there. Everything stops. And Keating's there with his helmet and his badge and his cigarette and his little surreptitious Leica. And he stops walking in, 
walking in. So Mahancho over here goes, hey, who the fuck are you? Click, click. Off he goes. I say, shit. I try to get him released. That ain't happening. He had every right for all of us to be there. So now, Eddie, Eddie's gonna be in a who's guy. Eddie's in trouble, right? So I get on the subway, I go back to Times Square. I got to tell the editors, hey man, Keating just got busted. I get out of the subway in Times Square, and you know that ribbon that goes around one Times Square, you know the ball drops, that ribbon? It's the AP, says New York Times, Edward Keating arrested for trespassing at ground zero. I mean, he was, uh-oh. He was a national scandal. And that guy and I, every day and every night that was possible, we were there. We were up in the construction buckets, getting the aerials with the iron workers. They knew, they knew what we were doing. They wanted us to write their names down for history. And there was one guy, big ironwork, big dude, forget his name, scared me, never liked me. Fucking press, the fucking press. Nobody likes the press. And it was the night we took, they took the last piece, day 364, out of the hole. And it was over. And then everybody went to the bar and I went to a guy named Eddie and I go, Eddie, this is what I promised you. Here's the piece. And I wrote it. Let the record reflect the Rindley brothers were here, the McCormicks, right? All those families. And I read it to the bar. And I went into my corner because I don't belong to the iron workers or any of the rest of them. And big dude says, hey, LaDuff. And he slid a whiskey all the way down the wood, all the way across the bar, didn't spill a drop, and it stopped right in front of me. I didn't even know he knew my name. I don't think I've had a better drink in my life. I'll never forget you. Never. Broken up. Wow. All right, look, we could do Afghanistan. I think we've covered that. We can talk about abortion, all that. I don't want to today. It's, it's Labor Day. This program is dedicated to love and those who labor. Those who love and those who labor, this is for you. I'm pleased today that we have joining us uh, Detroit Battalion Chief Mike Nevin, off-duty, of course, on his own time. He doesn't speak for the fire department. And a, a very dear and longtime friend of mine, Marion Fontana, she's the founding. Do you go by Fontana still? Yeah. Yep. Her oh, husband. Yeah. Her husband <laughs> died uh, at Ground Zero. He, David Fontana, uh, firefighter at Squad One, uh, very specialized rescue people. Uh, he gave it for all of us. Marion is the founding president of the 911 Widows and Victims Family Association. She's an actress. She's an author. She's a comedian. She's a mother. And she's my friend. And uh, thanks for being here, Marion. I know probably you got a billion calls. No, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so um, we'll get to that. But l let me just, 
give you a word for those making this this program possible. Uh, there's, of course, Luke Nowacki, good friend of mine, over at my house last night. Not only is he a wealth manager who can help you navigate your life, the guy's helping re me read documents from the government trying to hide things from us about money, about COVID, about responses. He's at my house late on a Thursday night helping me read. He's going to help you get your finances in order and your kid to college. You call him at 248-663-4748. Get advice, get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. I would like to tell you, Luke, I love you, brother. An investment and remember, if you need help with construction, deconstruction, demolition, rehabilitation, project management, owner representative services, technology, the power's out, it's flooded again, trouble with City Hall, all of that, call ADR. You call Barry Ellentuck for free consultation at 248-318-9424. Again, Barry Ellentuck at 248-318-9424. And I'd like to say today, I love you, brother. And finally, Hall Financial closes the majority of their loans in eight business days or fewer. Rates are at an all-time low. Housing stock's out there. If you're looking to buy, if you're looking to sell, it's the perfect moment. Now, uh, loans don't require an appraisal with Hall Financial, so that saves you nearly 1000 bucks. Get pre-approved the same day. Uh, call 248-308-5000 or go to davidhallmortgage.com. And again, David, we've talked, so I don't love you, man, but I respect you, and thanks for supporting the program, bro. Okay. So, Mike, <clears throat> happy Labor Day, brother. Happy Labor Day. Uh, what do you say about 9-11? Happy 9-11? What do you say? <laughs> I thought the uh, your opening piece was excellent. I, I could put a different perspective on it as far as how we feel. Um, and Miss... Um, Marion? Yeah, Marion. God bless you and your guys. Where's Squad One at? Uh, it's in Brooklyn, in Park okay, Slope. So those guys were, okay. We went to uh, Squad Three like five or six days after it happened. We had 20 guys from Detroit there. Because so. you're, you're from Squad Three in Detroit. Right. You went to Squad Three in New York. But right? they were trying to get the New York guys out of there because they, were, they, were, they wouldn't leave. And uh, we, uh, Mike Illich paid for our rooms at the W. Uh, Budweiser paid for our vans. And we got there on the down low, quiet. But I, I, no film, no cameras. People were calling us. Are you guys leaving? No media. And I know how the guys feel. And I feel that way at fires too. Sometimes, you know, you're doing your job and you see the shutter bugs there, and you just, you know, just get the fuck out of here for a minute. Will you give us a second? Yeah. And when you start finding your buddies and stuff like that, you know, we didn't take any pictures when we were there, and we, you know, we said if anybody pulls a camera out, we're going you're done. But, you know, I think back now and I'm like, God damn, I'm glad those guys were there to to document the massive. I, you don't understand what that was unless you saw it. And I remember putting my feet you know, at the hole there and I was looking down at an old battalion chief. I'm the old guy now. But he said, what do you think, kid? And I just said, I, I don't know what to think. It looked like Godzilla walked through there. Yes. And then to know that those guys made it to the 78th or, eight, or whatever floor and listen to those radio transmissions later, years later, that weren't released until 10 years later. Oh, they, by the way, by the way, radios that didn't work. A lot of them didn't work. In the building. So how I come to know Mike is, oh, in 2008, I come back to Detroit and, and I, I'm looking for a story. I don't know anybody, but I learned about firefighters in New York and I knew... 
instantly I was gravitating to the Detroit Fire Department. And I meet these guys. And the radios, this is, this is seven years later. The radios don't penetrate cement walls. The boots have holes in them. The rigs are leaking water. Like the, your, your, your bunker gear is covered in carbon. And I'm like, this is some third world bullshit. Oh, we were a mess. Absolute mess. And I remember the first day I met you. I mean, we talked about, I mean, it's in your book. You know, your little pad and everything. That's another reporter. Another reporter. But I had, but I did some research on you. But I, I just wanted to end with, you know, we were we were uh, the uh, New York City Trade Center emergency thing. We were certified. We went through all that, and this is before the military got there. But um, those were the baddest motherfuckers on the planet ever. Because yeah, I want to I want to show something here. They it, were just the baddest dudes ever. If if you're listening, you can't see. I'll describe it, but I want to hold it up. This was made by my friend at the New York Times. It's every firefighter that perished that day, working on your behalf, running into a, a smoking skyscraper. They gave their lives. 343? 343. 343. I remember, 343. Marion, I, I think Dave is over here on the left. Yep. Yep. He's, I have that. Right. What a handsome, dreamy dude. <laughs> I know, and that's not even a great picture. It's like if your passport photo became what everyone saw of you Most, <laughs> the next we, we 20 years. We don't take good photos. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. But it's, you know, if someone used my license photo to memorialize oh, me for the rest of my life. That'd be horrible, would be, wouldn't it? Um, but that's kind of what happened with the guys. You know, they use their probie photos. So your, I, your, your photo is in... Just about every firehouse in the city of Detroit. I remember, oh, I remember cool. the guy drafting this up and asking my advice on it. Wow. This, this was on my wall for so many years, and I think it, it just—it was one of the anniversaries, and it just got to be too much, and I took it down. Right. And today, I—I I realized how much I love it, and what it means to me, and what it should mean to us all. Because even if you weren't there, they're with you, and you don't know it. This guy here. Let me see. Um. Chaplain Michael Judge. Yep. Chaplain Michael Judge was the first victim to be recovered on 9-11. He was doing the Lord's Prayer. He was in the second tower. No, he was in the first tower. And then the plane hit and it created shrapnel and killed him. He was he was asking the Lord to please stop it, put it out, right? And And he died. And he's kind of like a saint. And I want to say this. He was gay. And why do I say that? What's that got to do with anything? What it means is we come in all stripes, right? He's in a very macho surrounding, the New York Fire Department. He was highly respected and loved. If anybody out there still got a problem, you don't got to hate. Hate's what God is here. Hate. They hit us, we hit them, we go in for 20 years, we're out, they hit us. Where are we going? Learn the lesson. What I could tell you today about labor and what I got to know about people like this, people like Mary and people like Mike, really substantial people. So if you feel down, just know it won't collapse. There's, there's people out there. And that, that, that's what it is. Today's about, I love you, dude. I love you too. And I want, hey, Marion, I love you. Be, let me tell you about the clickety click. 
<laughs> so Marion, her husband, dies. Half of squad one in Brooklyn dies. And they're going to, a couple days later, shut the house down. And it's right in the middle of Park Slope. Very tight-knit, close community. Dave actually lived in Park Slope, right? And I met her there. New York Times and a just a woman just just sh shocked. Just shocked. Right, Marion? I mean, I don't even, yeah. I, I can't explain what you were feeling. What were you feeling? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. The whole world was upside down then. And I don't think, I think I was just in a daze. And I, I think it took years before I came out of that daze. Um, I was, I was mortified they were closing this firehouse because that's where I'd go for information and to talk to the guys where my neighbors came and, but they, I understood why they were doing it was because, you know, what you were saying before, they were special operations and they were a highly trained division of the fire department and nearly, you know, 87 guys from those specialized departments were missing and they didn't have enough manpower to keep the firehouse open. Um, but I'm really glad that we were able, my neighborhood showed up and we were able to protest and keep the firehouse open. All the firefighters were willing to come work there and keep it open. And to this day, it's still there and it wouldn't be there had we all not gathered around then. So, yeah. And you know, I mean, they were, it was, you weren't sure that everybody was dead. Yeah. No, it was it, very it, early on. It was too soon. And mm -hmm. that, that's when I met her. And, that's when I got close. I was much closer to you than you were to me. Again, you're going through everything. You just right. unimaginable stuff. But I was really attached. And being the New York Times guy and her being the widow, all of a sudden this thing started to grow. All of a sudden you became the leader because a couple weeks or months, maybe a month later, there was a bunch of gold under Deutsche Bank and they got the gold out, right, Marion? Yep. And then they wanted to turn it into not a rescue operation, just recovery, just bulldoze it out and clean it out. And you called me and yeah. go, what do we do? I go, here's what we do. You get the widows, you get them down there. I'll get the cameras there. And you stop that too. And so because of you, this is what I just, you're watching a woman blossom into a superwoman. <laughs> we recovered everybody we could. We got something beautiful built there. You got the Survivor's Fund going. My buddy Eddie is in the hospital dying. He's going to need it. It's there for him. And I want to tell you on behalf of, I hope I never need it, but I am so proud to know you. Oh, and thank you. I was just one of many people who established different things. I mean, there were so many people doing so many things, but thank you. That's very sweet. I, I didn't think about it. the world was spinning so fast. I mean, I, I, um, there were a lot of people doing incredible things, especially the firefighters that were there, you know, looking for my husband's body and all the guys and all the people that were missing. And now they're all sick and now they need our help. And so it's just been kind of, it's hard to believe that 20 years later, we're still dealing with all the things we're dealing with. And it's, it's kind of not something I realized then. So Marion, can I ask like, what, what do you do to keep going and not to succumb under the, 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 the sadness and the burden of what, took place 20 years ago. I mean, on, on one hand, 
you don't want to forget. But on the other hand, given the the constant, um, I guess, emergence of new problems, you're never able to heal. Well, I, I think you're right. And I don't think it was healthy to keep going. I mean, I couldn't even date really because of it. And so I had to pass the torch, which I did. There's there's a lot of other widows that are doing um, Jenny Mac- McNamara, who lost her husband to cancer. He got from being there, um, started working with the Zadroga Fund. And, you know, so I, I passed the torch. I haven't been involved in directly in 9-11 stuff for quite some time because you're right. I, I think it would have it would have ruined me. And I don't think Dave would have wanted me to not live my life. And I don't think it was fair to my son, you know, to become this, I'm not a victim. So I don't see myself as a victim. I didn't want to be a victim for the rest of my life. So I had to kind of move forward. I'm not going to say move on because you don't move on. Can I, can I ask you this? I, this is really the one I I personally want to ask and I'm doing it out loud. And if you don't want to answer, you think it's inappropriate, just tell me. Uh, so I profiled that firehouse and you and your family and your son and, and Sean Cummings and everybody. And it was the weirdest experience because it was a, a complete and utter nightmare. And here's this reporter keeps showing up. And it's not like somebody writes a book a year later. It's showing up in real time. Some people are glomming on to me like, I need you. And then you know the firehouse. And like a lot of guys are like, get the fuck out of here. How dare fuck you. So I couldn't take it. I was having a breakdown and I wanted to stop. And the New York Times kind of like, you know, not threatened me, but you know, you you have to do, you you have to do all the way to the end. And I said, okay, I'll show you motherfucker. I'll tell you what I do. The five-year-old kid, Aiden Fontana, your boy, your and Dave's boy. I said, okay, you want me to use these people? I tell you, I'm going to use them. I'm going to profile the boy. And I don't mean it that way. You know. Right. No, I know what you mean. And she let me, Hang out with the boy. In his own words and everything. So he's going down to school in the neighborhood and he grabs my hand. And he holds my hand. He shows me his classroom. And he's such a wonderful boy. And here's we, we talked about a few weeks ago, Marion. They couldn't find Dave's body, but the boy needed closure. So they had a big funeral for Dave, like thousands of firefighters. He's in a car. They're saluting him like he's like a Kennedy boy. And then a couple of weeks later, they found Dave's body. So there was, the first funeral was, you know, just for him, there was nothing in the car. So then they have to bury Dave again. And then of course, Dave's a surfer. So they're going to spread his ashes. So the kid, Aiden, went through three funerals of his dad. And I've always thought about him marrying from that day. And I wondered this, what he must think about death. Mm. Can you? Well, he's actually turned out, you know, he's 25 now and um, he's very philosophical. I, I really actually like the person he's become. I'm not, everyone can say that about their kids, but I can, um, you know, he's been through a lot. He had a lot of PTSD and trauma and he's, he's really worked on himself. He's been in therapy. He's, you know, really, and he's very, um, and my sister passed away, um, last year. So we've had a lot of loss. He's lost friends. Um, so for a young person, he's lost a lot and he has a very healthy, I think, um, way of 
handling death. He knows it's part of life and he knows that life is for the living and you have to live it fully. And he's not scared of it the way he's not scared to talk about it, which is something I feel proud of that we didn't stop talking about Dave. I mean, not just his death, but I talked about his life more than anything. Um, and I think I made it comfortable for him to talk about death and think about death because in our culture, it's not really allowed. And so I feel like he, he's got a really healthy perspective, even though his life was just unusual in that way that he was the focus of media. He doesn't like media attention anymore. Right. I, think that's I think you messed him up that way. Charlie. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think he really like it's the 20th anniversary. And of course, there's a thousand things going on in New York. And I asked him what he wanted to do. And he said, you know, I just want to be on a beach alone with you. Um, where dad used to surf and I, and that's what we're doing. It's, we we're, our worlds become much quieter, much smaller. And I think we're both much uh, happier for that. Give them Marion woman to woman. That's a testament to the mother that you are. Oh, so I, no, I'm just, I'm telling you it is because the conversations that you've had with him and the strength that you've shown, that's where he absorbed that from. And mm -hmm. so, you know, you may not want to do it, but you deserve a pat on the back. Oh, thank you. Mom thank to mom. You. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really, I, I think um, I would never want this, but I was blessed that, you know, I had a lot of support from all the widows. I mean, we're all raising our kids alone and there was a lot of solidarity there, you know, that it was, it's, it's the hardest job in the world to raise a kid and to do it alone when you didn't sign up for that is probably definitely, I would say one of the hardest things I've ever done for sure. Um, and there's so no book you. for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tell, tell that boy of yours that uh, the, the book I wrote, Work and Other Sins, where those stories are in it. I gave him that. I gave it to him. Guess what? It's it's being reissued in Polish oh, wow. this month. You. No, good, good for you. It Never forget, it does go on. Your young man carries it, and it will go on for a long time, and just, just a dude from nowhere, Joy Road and Wayne Road. If you told me that growing up, <laughs> I would never believe you. So I'm yeah. very blessed. So let's move mm -hmm. from those that have passed to those living doing the job of Mike. PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's an everyday thing. Talk to me about specifically the Detroit Fire Department, what you guys are going through. And do you get... Any, there's been a lot of suicides lately. Are you guys getting any, you, you're not pieces of meat is what I'm trying to say. Right. What, what's going on? What's going on in Detroit Fire Department? We're a really, <clears throat> we're really a weird dynamic. Um, and what people are missing is the fact that the Detroit city public safety worker suffered a bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So on top of the fires, shootings, stabbings, beatings, car wrecks, rescues, uh, chasing the guy, the bad guys and all that other stuff. We're trying to pay our bills. Nobody came in and helped us manage. You know, we're supposed to focus on public safety 24 seven. Yeah. We're supposed to deal with what we see. And in Detroit, we have small departments. Um, and, and we see more, we are exposed to more runs, more, and Detroit at that time, the firefighters took on MFR, medical first responder. So we're doing medical, fire, we're, we're doing it all. OD, abuse babies. Oh, we, we use everything. more Narcan than Walgreens. Anyways, um, oh, so we are, you know, we haven't recovered from the bankruptcy financially yet, to be quite honest. That hardship 
with the families and paying your bills and wondering if your kids are going to get the shoes or the bike they want for Christmas and all. And then going into this stuff and nobody there to help process that. And I, you know, obviously I was the ex-union guy, blabbermouth Nevin, you know, always on TV and stuff. Filed lawsuits for PTSD, all tried to get our guys help. It doesn't really, I've seen guys in the firehouse in the corner, hanging onto the drain pipe, crying after three children were pulled out of a building. Big, tough guys that you don't want to see. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, it's like seen there been there and when marion was talking about 9-11 and all that and it, i remember getting home i drove the last van and i had to take it back in the morning i sat in my driveway and i said after what i saw how the how can i walk into my fucking house and be like normal like it was so abnormal that that incident was so abnormal that i don't even know how anyone in that period of time civilian um firefighter not could even function normally after that but anyway get back to detroit no, let me let me explain something you just reminded me about <clears throat> what i know about you you've been taken on the as we all now know and you'll hear later in the show the corrupt city apparatus that's pledged dry fake contracts you know for for housing repairs that never show up you fought him so much that you lost your job twice. Yeah. And I got to hang on to you. You got this whistleblower lawsuit. Yeah. And you come back, and they're going for you. And a house is on fire on the southwest side. And a couple kids are caught up in there. One died, right? Mm -hmm. And the other one's going to die. And the ambulance service is so fucked up. No EMS on scene. That you can't wait. So Mike takes the kid, puts him in the squad. Both of them. One dies right there. You're giving the other one CPR knowing if this kid dies. This, they, got, they got me again. They got me again because they're going to blame the child's death on me. And I'm trying to do everything I can to save him. And thankfully, you saved a kid's life. Yeah, we, we saved him. Got him the forest. And, and Mike calling me up in tears that night. like No, not tears. Yeah, it was tears, dude. You were you were Seriously? quivering. You were not, not that. Not, <laughs> you were like, uh, I don't know, man. You it was, it was scared. You're doing the right thing. The, the labor. Look, everybody thinks it's blues and hoses and white gloves. And it's, do you know how these people labor? It's the chances you take in the middle of the night that nobody sees. And then when you've got an administration that says, Nevin's lucky one of those kids lived or we would have had his ass again. I've been on a rescue squad my entire career. Uh, and, and we call it, you know, snatch and go. Yeah, that we're doing better with EMS now, getting them on scene because of my, some of my union activity about having EMS respond to every incident. Yes. Automatic. Yes. And Detroit EMS, not the phonies. You know, I'm not going to name any. Sure, companies. sure, but keep the point. My guys. Okay. So they're 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 responding, and those medics are the best medics in the country. Whether and they're, they're woefully underpaid. Oh, totally. And their their asses are beat on a daily basis. But anyway, we'll, that's another story for another day. But, um, yeah, I mean, instead of them coming out and going, God damn, you guys did a hell of a job, it was like, well, we would have had his ass again if those kids would have died. So I want to say this. We had a rash of drunk driving episodes in the fire department. They come out with the Kabuki Theater press conference saying it's post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, COVID and everything. We're, really, we're going to put some things in place to help these men and women mentally. Mm -hmm. And I'm still waiting on it. Marion, they don't have it. I just, I was, I'm really shocked to hear. Shocked, shocked. Yeah. I, I, and I wondered, is is the IF and the International Firefighters Association nothing from them? Harold, uh, Harold was great. He was. Uh, yeah, Harold was wonderful. He was one of the, he was the best union president the IFF will ever have. Yeah. He was a 
one of the baddest general. I mean, I loved him. And no, I did too. I liked Ed, him a lot. Edzo came into town. He's the new guy with a lot of. We're gonna be there. The firefighters are gonna answer the bell. All this smoking shit. And your mayor's a great guy, and he's gonna. It almost made me want to puke. I got the union president. I got the international union president, Duggan, and the international president's got no knowledge of the fact that I've been fighting this guy on a health and wellness program and all this other stuff. And I got the new dope in there, Giggles, the, our local union guy that replaced me, sitting there, you know, saying, our guys know if you're drinking, there's a no tolerance policy. And you're, you know, wait a minute, dude. You know that guys are self-medicating out here. You know whether they're self-medicating or acting irrational or being pissed off or whatever. There's just nothing structured there for our guys to – there's no template. Now, they did at that point come out with a – we're going to interview firefighters. I interviewed about 300 firefighters to find out you know, what they could do and what they were feeling and experiencing. And the, the product of that project was, yeah, we have a drinking problem. Oh, okay. um, but you know, there was a all the union did in New York before nine eleven was um, Dewey's. So I mean, it's an incredibly stressful job, and that's the part that they're not addressing, and you're trying to, and it well, sounds was, like you're not getting. I was not. No, I, now I, if I might, they're on it now. I'm. I'm. Uh, I, I don't know where it's at. Fucking a with the the nonsense and the press conferences and the promises. This shit, we're so far behind, ladies and gentlemen. Most of the audience and the community that we're together is from Michigan. This is a freaking joke. I'm not even going to blame uh, the commissioner's office or anything. Where is the bread? We're comeback city and it's not happening. You're not taking care of it. It's, not, it's 20 years now. This is unacceptable with your stupid and empty promises and nobody goes and challenges it. We put it on TV and that's it. If you want to look at post-traumatic stress and some fire brigades across North America, Vancouver, Toronto, New York, Detroit. There's a new movie out where you're going to see what Detroit's like. You're yeah. going to hear what PTSD's like. It's called Florian, uh, Florian's Nights. Follows the North American firefighters who form a motorcycle club to cope with the crippling effects of PTSD. They speak the truth against the stigma of first responder mental health. Right now, it it's got the twist. They start a biker club. There's a connection to the Hell's Angels, and shit goes haywire. But it's coming out September 10th in let me see here in Detroit, Vancouver, New York, L.A., Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago, Oklahoma City, and bunches more. It'll be at the uh, Royal Oak Imagine Theater from September 10th through 16th. Pretty good flick. I got to see it. But you see these images. Detroit is like no other. No. I covered LA. I, I covered New York. I never seen any. I, I, I don't know. Well, the difference is the, the guys that are riding their bikes. How about that? I thought it was kind of a giggler. All the Detroit guys, which we're called the Axemen in Detroit. Florian's Nice is a international. Yeah, the, the, the bike clubs for the fire. So we're the, we're the Axemen. Yeah. And our guys are no helmets. <laughs> T-shirts, you look at these, and I'm not trying to down anybody. These other guys are wearing like full body suits, helmets, and shit. Detroit guys are crazy motherfuckers, man. And I, and I, I'll tell you something. I, I'm not blaming the mayor for not. Uh, I, yeah, I'll do that. No, I want to do it because it's just the people. It's people. <laughs> it's people you put in place that are supposed to put those programs in place that have institutional knowledge of what these departments are like to get to him, to convince him to put the money where it needs to go. 
he he's a civilian. He doesn't get it. He well, sees the big fire truck. Goes well. You got a new rig. I got you that. Yes, sir. But let me let me remind everybody what we're talking about. It's twenty year anniversary. What we do? Four trillion in Iraq, Mary. When I got here. After looking at New York and I get to Detroit, I really got this hard on for the Baghdad Fire Department. They had everything. It was unbelievable. Yeah, we were jealous. Yeah, like 21st <laughs> century Jetson-type rigs yeah. and, and the moon suits and everything. And I, I'd show up with Mike and he got holes in his boots, right? And there's no uh, decontamination of anything. Joke. They didn't even have turnout gear in New York until a couple of years before Dave got on the job. We were the same way. Wow. We've yeah. come, no, I, I know you were the same because um, Drennan died in a fire, and it was his widow that fought for turnout gear in New York. And I know Chicago didn't get it. Chicago and Detroit didn't get it till after. So it's just it's pathetic. It's really and how many guys have to die before they figure it out? I mean, do you guys have a counseling service unit in your? I don't even know what that is. Do you have? Well, that—that's what you're saying to be I, treated for PTSD. Oh, we, we, a unit very, within. We have a very small. Group. We have a very small group. That's the commissioner's doing the best he can with it by putting guys. You know, yeah, it's getting better, but not much. I mean, it's it's not where it should be. And it, if, so, if we Mike, could, let me, Mike, can I ask you this? Would it be the commissioner's responsibility to go to the administration to ask or demand that those resources be provided? Because we've been here in this conversation for quite some time, not just within the department of first responders, but also the impact that it has on their engagement, especially with police officers, with people in the community. So it has a domino effect. It would seem that somebody at some point would want it resolved. I think he does, in a, in a, and I know him personally in a very good way, but he needs support. He needs the union and people. He needs the cash. And look, he, well, look, look I got to make the point. But you got to make the argument to but, get the okay, cash. Yeah, but we got the fucking cash. We got Biden bucks going everywhere. So where do you put we it? We got $800 million coming here. It's supposed to be for COVID relief and public safety. Flint, a bloodbath. They, they don't even got 100 cops, right? And they're going to take $50 million and invest it? You put the money in now while you have it, and let's see if it makes an effect. And if it has an effect, then we know what to do with the future money. Well, most municipalities don't want to accept mental illness as an injury. Yes. Because then you're responsible for that injury, just like a right. torn the stigma, rotator. too. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, and then you've got the stigma, as you mentioned, of guys wanting to come out and say, I'm this way or that. You don't want to be weak either. And then you don't want them to think that maybe you can't handle your job. There's a lot of dynamic in this. And that's why you surround yourself with people that can make that argument, get into the offices that need to be get, gotten into and get the money. But if you don't have a good argument for it, you can't put something in play, you're not going to get anything. The mayor's not going to shovel them a bunch of money and go, here, go screw that up. No, mayors hate the fire departments. Listen, who who in the uh, in, in the fire department just, just took his life? Pat Burt was our last firefighter, Sergeant Burt. And before the eight months before that, little Steve Finn. So let me do this. Um, Same battalion. Burt, Fontana, everybody. Just, just a moment. Those are the doers. Those well, are the we've doers. got other. We've got divorces and just the. the yeah. It's just there's so much out there going on. Well, here there's the interesting thing. I'm uh, let me. I'm on this. I'm very proud that uh, a Strong Hearts Native uh, Helpline is is asking us to get the word out. If you're hurting in your relationship and you want to talk, Strong Hearts Native Helpline is here to listen. 
Strong Hearts is a free 24-7 confidential and anonymous domestic dating and sexual violence helpline for Native Americans and Native Alaskans. And I spoke to him. It's beautiful. If anybody needs help, anybody. But we don't ju- have any just know your Native people care and that there's help. Okay? Connect with an advocate by calling or texting one eight four four seven native one eight four four seven native or by using the chat icon at strongheartshelpline.org. Okay? That's great. Okay, everybody. Everybody. But particularly Native people. And and if you got a hold of me last week, which is awesome. And I'm this is I'm this is great. I'm I'm glad to be a part of that. That is uh my tribe. Uh, three of the directors are from my tribe, so it's 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 close to me. So they talk to you, but what if you need hospitalization? <laughs> they can help you. Okay. Right? I mean, you know, how do you... you in the right direction. Yeah, they, they, exactly. You're not alone. Just everybody know you're not alone. These are weird times. But now I want to I wanna make a shift. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to see if I can get Eddie. I'd like to bring him in. My boy, Eddie. So before that... Uh, me and Byron Goggin, the director of photography for the No Bullshit News Hour. Yes, we're changed. Oh, by the way, by the way, fuck Facebook. Seriously, dude, they muting me because I'm smoking? Because yeah. I'm smoking? People are advertising weed on Facebook and I'm smoking? Oh, are you in Facebook jail, Charlie? Oh, fuck Facebook. Here, <laughs> look, everybody, we, we are moving and developing and widening out. We're on, like, the real television, the uncensored one, which is called YouTube. <laughs> So where do you find us on YouTube, Mark? Uh, the Americans, the Americans uh, with Charlie, Charlie the Duff. You might want to add yeah, that in. But put just, Charlie the Duff. I got a little page, and it's the Americans with Charlie, and yep. that's that's where this baby's going. Just click subscribe. That's where all these videos are going. You know, we got a hundred thousand subscribers there. A lot of good stuff on there too. We got a hundred million clicks on that thing. Hey, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Spread out. Oh, wait, no more Facebook Live. No, we do it, but like I'm tr- everybody. We're going to go to two days a week this month. We're going to have to shift days. I think it's Thursday, not Friday. And no, <laughs> hey Facebook. You're a punk. What's it, Zuckerberg? Yeah. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. Mark You're Zuckerberg. a punk. You're a freaking punk. Kick me off. Oh, careful, they're, they're listening to you. Kick me off. <laughs> I know. It ain't nothing but the truth here, man. We're trying they're to get shit fixed. They're watching. Careful. We're trying and to get listening. shit fixed. That's true. I don't watching care. The interruption. Okay, I'm a millionaire, right? Mike, <laughs> yeah. Mike looked me up on the internet. Mike goes, "You're worth three point eight million dollars." I'm like, "I'm worth three point eight million I fucking did. dollars." Yeah, three point eight million dollars, Charlie. Who put that out there, Zuckerberg? <laughs> I was sitting with you. I was sitting with a millionaire. Three point eight million dollars. I'm like, why am I in a fucking basement then? Lower level, Charlie. Lower, Lower level. level. Thank you. And look at look at Marion. She's in a high rise or something. Where are you living now? No, I moved upstate. I just sold my apartment in Brooklyn. Oh, I'm, I moved upstate. To Catskills? Catskills? Uh, no, Hudson Valley. Oh, wow. Yeah. Guys, look that up. That's probably the most beautiful. That's the best place to live in all of New York because you're close to the city, but you're in the valley of the Catskills. So the Adirondacks are beautiful, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Right. And yeah, it's more, it's, I think it's beautiful. I love it. Are you dating? I am. I have a boyfriend from up here that I met by accident because I was looking at houses up here and I didn't realize that it locates you. (laughs) So I started, you know, using my little dating app and I met a very sweet Uh, guy, a hiker. (laughs) He's a hiker and he's got four kids and we're living together now. So that's cool. Oh, wait, hold on here now. Okay. So (laughs) <laughs> it's not like he's a stockbroker or, you know, a doctor. He's a hiker. 
He's and, a hiker. And well, we're living I mean, together in my <laughs> house, right? Is that is that what's going on here? Yeah, he lives in my house. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a good deal for him. Hey, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I, I think Mike, are, are you single? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, you, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Why are you hooking us up? I, I, yay! <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I'm not sure, but I think Mike thinks the Earth is flat. So I'm, well, you, we're gonna go there now. Is the Earth flat? Oh Mike? no, you're gonna get in trouble now. Don't bring politics into it. Politics? It's science. He knows the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is out there. Anyway, here's a look. There's a lot of news going on. We got to give you the local news, and it's next week's news today. So, all you squirrels and minions in the local media, get your cheat sheet out, get your notepad, because here's what's coming down the line. Let's roll it. <laughs> Good afternoon. I'm Charlie Leduff of the No Bullshit News Hour. Today we bring you all of next week's local news today in four minutes. Byron, let's roll the clock. Two more city council members on the way out. Feds raiding city hall last week. Are there more? Speculation is the feds are cracking down on a towing and kickback scam caught on a wiretap of convicted briber Gasper Fiore. But there are other things on those tapes the feds are interested in, sources tell us. Stuff like weed, weed permits, grow rooms for weed, and weed shops. And oh yeah, stolen cars. Also on those wiretaps are a who's who of local Detroit politicians. The current chief of police, the former chief of police, the Detroit mayor himself, and various county officials. Out of prison, and enjoying a boozy afternoon last week, we reached Gasper Fiore by telephone, who told us that he thinks, quote, this thing's going up and out. And we'll be there. More scandal brewing in the Detroit Police Department. Lieutenant Willie Duncan was charged with the February rape of a female officer. He is also being investigated for the May rape of a female officer. And now this. No Bullshit News has learned that a third female officer told command staff that Duncan may have raped a fellow officer in 2018. That same officer told us that not only did DPD command staff not take a statement from her, but those commanders and Duncan himself all received promotions. This could go all the way to the top. We'll stay on it. And now for a little Jesus in your news. The Reverend Jim Holly will be stepping down as the senior pastor of the historic Little Rock Baptist Church after 50 years in the pulpit. Holly set to rest rumors that he will be replaced by disgraced former Detroit mayor and ex-con Kwame Kilpatrick. And I quote the Reverend, I counseled him when he got out of prison. I married him, but there was never, ever a thought that he would follow me. The finalists to replace Holly this March are said to be a guy from Mississippi and another guy from Jersey. I know. Jersey. And finally, one billion people in Louisiana are without power today as Hurricane Ida has made landfall. That's weird because in Michigan we had two billion people without power last month when it rained a little itty bitty bit and nobody gave a shit about us sitting around a candle. Also not giving a shit were two power company executives who instead of returning 
from vacation and getting back to their desk and getting our power turned back on, decided to post Facebook pictures of their glamorous getaways. Those pictures have since been removed. They and all the other bum fucking power executives should know one thing. I got my eyes on you. And now, a puppy. And that's the news in four. And remember, if you can't sleep, watch the local news. If you want the news, subscribe to the No Bullshit News Hour. I'm Charlie LaDuff. Charlie, well, where are you? What, that looks like an abandoned bathroom. What is that? That is <laughs> the that is uh, the executive washroom at CNN. Oh, I see. Okay. Now it makes sense. <laughs> so that's the first one. We, we'll get better at that. Did you like that, Mike? Did you? I thought that was great. So that's hilarious. Puppies. I want that puppy. I know. I've actually, I've actually when, when I was getting chastised uh, as a union president for being mean to the people on Facebook, one day I just said, fuck it, puppies. Here, look, guys, a puppy. See, <laughs> you see what's wrong with you all? You, the people. The, look. He's mean. Look, we, got, mean. we got a widening corruption probe in Detroit. We've got a raper cop that was kind of let go possibly by ranking DPD officials. We have the Reverend Jim Holly, the most right iconic church in Detroit, leaving after 50 years. We've got a power grid of third world proportions. And you guys are focused on the puppies? Well, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's why they do it, folks. That's why they do it. They're cute. <laughs> And Charlie, so, don't forget, at some point, we got to talk about the census. I mean, our, our our population is declining. This mayor said judge him on his ability to repopulate Detroit, and that is not happening. So add that to the list. Yeah, well, we got, you know, they got a lot to do. I know. Getting back to the movie, Florian's Nights, uh, Pan did three trips in Detroit, and they were so shocked at what they saw in the city of Detroit and the fires. They thought they'd be able to catch a fire. I remember the first night they were here and they said, hey, uh, we had a fire. And they said, oh, my God, a fire. Let's go quick. Oh, a real fire? So we get, I'm like, dude, this is the first one today. Yeah, I noticed in the movie, you know, right? It's like, it's I noticed Detroit. in the movie. It is Toronto. They do a lot of dopers. Medical, yeah. Same in Vancouver. They do a lot of that. Uh, <clears throat> New York being they had to get the the old footage from New York. You come to Detroit. All the fire footage is recent. <laughs> you never seen such a thing as this place. Oh, no, they were they they came back three times. They were like they had permission to come and ride and all that. I also you. like to uh, what say condolences to my wife's grandmother Dorothy Leonard who passed at 102. It was her best friend. Wow. And she just passed. She just had her birthday, and I know I just wanted to say it to my wife. There I, I'm glad. Wait, so so. This old lady listens to this program? Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. She loved it. Yeah. And she just passed, and uh, I just wanted to say something like that. Listen here, man. Listen. Um, speaking of 102 years old, yeah. Medicare is incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. If you're having trouble, you don't know if you keep your doctor, who's paying for the prescriptions, part one, part two. You're not even on the internet. Look, you can, you can call. 888-970-2940 for your Medicare guide. They'll give, they got professionals, licensed professionals. 
right? Okay, if you do use the internet, you go to yourmedicareguide.com. Uh, the help comes to you at no cost. They'll answer all your questions. And that's right, you won't pay a dime. Don't go alone. You're dealing with the federal government. Let Mediguide um, be your Medicare guide. Uh, check them out today, yourmedicareguide.com or grandma, 888-970-2940. Yeah, she listened because she's older. And oh. You got Eddie on the line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the line. Uh, give me uh, just a few seconds. You're taking this IV out. Oh, shit. Yeah, me and Eddie, man. Uh, in the beginning, yeah. me and Eddie cover ground zero. We cover. We we were road dogs. This guy's a stud. He's, he's got a book called Main Street. It's an art book of photography. This is the gentleman that you were talking about earlier. This is my boy. Oh wow, that's like, good. Like oh. you're my boy. That's like awesome. Marion's my girl and Karen's my. It's my boy. Oh my god, that's good. Hey Eddie. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is it out? Uh, they're wrapping it up. Hold on. Listen, are they gonna give you a, a wank off too? <laughs> no, that that's just a welcome. That's just the welcome mat, welcome wagon. <laughs> they did, and he was telling me like he's a slow Kettering, right? And they take a nurse takes him to the bathroom to wash his back and reaches around and gives him one. He's like, "This is Harley, a nice place. This is a serious discussion. <laughs> this is true, Karen. I'm, this is no bullshit, <laughs> right, Eddie? Focus, Wait, right, Eddie? I swear, yeah. No. <laughs> First day, and then the second night, nothing, and third night, nothing. But it was just, just a welcome wagon, you know. Eddie's, pre Eddie's pressing the red emergency button on that Larley with my nurse. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. The, welcome, the welcome wank, not the welcome wagon. You know, then, yeah, right, that's right. Eddie, Eddie presses the button, right? Middle of the night, and in walks a guy looking like Mike Knight, the number. <laughs> <laughs> wrong number. Yeah, sorry, wrong number. <gasps> hey, how you feeling, bro? Well, you know, I feel great. I'm, I'm totally asymptomatic, you know, and I have been since... Uh, since the beginning, and uh, it's just my numbers that tell me that, um, you know, inside, you know, is uh, it's, what's going on is different from what I'm feeling outside. But you know, in eight months, I've had a headache in five years. You know, I haven't had, I don't, I don't, all the stuff I'm supposed to be feeling, I'm not feeling, and so I can only consider that good. Um, so that you know, good. take what I take, what I can get. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'm get finally getting out of here today. I'm, I'm, I'll be back in in a couple of days, and then for another for a treatment, and then I'll be on these um, uh, these pills for a while, and and then uh, and then just you know pray for good weather. That's all. I will. Man. Not much. Not much else. Not much else to do. You know. Hey, hey, I'm, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Yeah. Well, you got the brain cancer? Yeah, I got stage four brain cancer. Oh, motherfucker. And it's from, you know, it's from, it's from, uh, I mean, there's no other, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm involved in the lawsuit with, uh, well, not, it's not, technically it's not a lawsuit, but, you know, the action against the federal government, you know, ponied up like $5 billion for, for uh, the medical relief for people came down with um, conditions like mine. And so from, uh, from ground zero, from ground zero, let me ask and, you something. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you something. I remember me and you many, many, everybody's wearing those breathers and shit. 
and you and I were just puffing on cigarettes like it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Breathe all that crap in, doorknobs, asbestos. Right. I remember day two, the the, the 12th, you know, it was like, um, it was like a dust storm down there. Yeah, fuck. Sure was. Mm -hmm. It was like that for a while. And you know, remember, remember, yeah. hey, Eddie, remember? And we were told, we were, sorry, we were told, you know, that there's nothing in the air. What, what was the mayor of, the, who was the governor of uh, New Jersey? Julie, um, you know who I'm talking oh, about. Christy. Oh, no, no, Chris. Yeah. Oh, you're talking yeah, at the she time. Was saying, she was saying the air is clear. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Fine. You know, and all the, all the rescue workers were just, you know, um, were just, t you know, they were relieved and they were taking their masks on and off. But it was, it was, um, yeah, that was that's that was that was the news. That was what we were being told by people like her. You know, mm -hmm. you know what Ground Zero smelled like. I, I horrible. A, a, a home in Detroit, a hundred year old home with the lead and the asbestos that's burned and then been put out with a fire hose. That's a to me. <laughs> I couldn't. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I couldn't describe it. Uh, it's something that sticks with me to this day. And we actually yeah. brought. Uh, we brought masks. We asked, they were running out of masks. So when we came to, uh, when we went, they said, we need some masks. So we got all we could in the area. And we, I forget how many we brought, but we weren't wearing them. You and know what they gave us? Remember the, at, at the New York Times, Eddie, they, there was a table laid out like week two. And it was yeah. the COVID masks. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I wore. Well, that's, all, that's all you could get your hands on. Everything was gone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was gone. So Eddie, look, man, uh, are you dying? Don't know. Um, yeah, split decision. Um, but the news is generally good. No, I don't. I'm yeah. not going to say that. I'm going to say that the evidence is that I'm. Um, uh, my numbers, my numbers are good. Um, but the, the therapy is. Um, I have tumors. Uh, some are getting, some are larger than they were. Did you some get, are smaller, did some you, are smaller. Did you get radiation this week? Correction. Ed? They're minimally bigger, but they're not. No, but you can't, I'm, I'm being honest here. Oh, his wife's well, yelling. His well, wife well, doesn't well, want to tell the truth. Right. Well, uh, fuck it, come on. Yeah. Anyway, the, listen, uh, listen, did they zap your brain this week? Last night. They did. Did they hit your brain cell? It's yeah. a joke. It's a joke. It's my friend. You know, you're one brain cell, Ed. Right. <laughs> yeah, nut. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you ran that one by me. Yes. Yeah, I know. I forgot. You forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot it. So Wait, okay, let me do this. I got it. I get, listen, you're the, you're the baddest motherfucker with the camera I ever met. You're one of the titans of photography. There's no doubt about it. Tell them. This is the kind of guy Eddie is. Eddie got snatched in Serbia by the Serbs in the prison cell type of shit. And Ed, right? They're going through your stuff. And right. what, what happens? Finds a harmonica. Mine, and one of my side flaps in my bag. They find, they find his harmonica. And they look right. at this harmonica. And, and what do they say to you, Ed? Well, the guy is I'm not in the I'm not in the cell. I mean, he, he's standing over me, and uh, he takes the harp and he looks at it. He can't speak English, and uh, 
He jabs me in the chest pretty hard. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. <laughs> and I and I I look away from the guy who's like, like, you know, you know, go fuck yourself, you know. I'm not doing pony it's not the Dave Letterman show, you know. <laughs> I'm not doing pony dog and pony tricks for you. And um so not more time goes by and they're asking me while one guy's going through the flaps, the other guy's going through my all my notes. And he's asking, you know, Kosovo, Kosovo. You know, what's you know, what what's the, he's the one guy that speaks English. He's like he's half my size and you know, I'm I'm not that big. And um he uh he goes, Kosovo, Kosovo, what Kosovo? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, Kosovo and he's looking at these photo receipts that I got. And I said, These are and I said, This is the stuff I bought here, you know, it's like I don't I'm not in Kosovo. I haven't been to Kosovo. He thinks I'm a spy from Kosovo. And um and I'm in I'm in Kosovo. And um so we go back and forth, and then the, then the other guy finds this is just going on and off, on and off. And then, then the guy, the big goon, you know, finds another harp in my, in one of my, I think it was my waist pack. He finally got to my waist pack towards the end of this whole thing. I'm there for about three hours, and um, he goes, he takes the um, the second my other harp, and he says, and he, and he does the same thing, and he, he's like surprised to have another one, and takes the harp and he jabs me in the chest again and he goes, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. And I go, oh. and I to look away, turn away from this guy again and then he, uh, and then like, then the boss man looks at me like, you know, no, 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 no. You know, it's like, you tried that, you tried that last time. And, um, and so he hands me the harp and, and like, I literally have, you know, I literally have guns on me. And, um, it's like, what do you do? You run it. There's nothing, you know, play the harp, you know, that's, that's the only way I don't know what to do at this point. You know, what am I going to do? Argue with the guy? I don't speak the language. So I just take the harp and then I, I just knock it on my, you know, it's a mannerism. I just knock it on my, uh, my palm, you know, knock out any straight remnants of, you know, tobacco pieces. So my, it doesn't go flat, you know, in the middle of, you know, in the middle of playing. And, and I just blew it, man. I mean, I didn't blew it, man. I blew that harp and I just, I just played, I danced. I just, I just whooped. I, I just, I just, I just gave him the loudest, craziest, you know, take on, on Mr. Tambourine Man that I could just, so you know, think up in a, in like, you know, in a couple of seconds to think, you know, I don't know what to play. So you so were, I, you were, Hey bro, you were playing for your life. Yeah. I was playing for my life. And, Fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that, that harp yeah. of yours, man, I These saw, guys, I, I seen him yeah. do that in a, like a Harlem nightclub. I seen him do it at hell's angels, uh, headquarters in Ventura, California. <laughs> He's the oddest dude to hang out with. Look, here's the thing, Ed. Yeah. Here's the thing. You got to remain positive. And let me tell you about remaining positive, okay? There's this guy. I don't know who the fuck he is. I met him at a bar during Dream Cruise a couple weeks ago. And he got a shirt on called Mr. Positive. And apparently, I don't know, he like calls into radio stations and gives these positive little messages, right? 
Positive positive minute with with Mr. Positive. And he keeps sending me stuff, hoping he can get on this program. And I don't get back to him. And he starts getting a little bit negative. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting a little scratchy. He's Mr. Positive, right? So I said, all right, send me something, bro. And he sent it. it. And and Marion's wondering, you know, is he single? And I think she, only because you said Mr. Positive. He's, here's Mr. Positive, Mary. You get not only a listen to Mr. Positive, you can get a good look at him. Let's roll the tape. Yeah. Warriors, when you look into the mirror, what do you see? A vision of all that your future can be. A chance to be famous, a chance to be rich. If fate takes your side, you'll fulfill every wish. But look very close at the reflection within. It's all up to you. So let your dreams begin. There you go. Mr. Positive. Mr. Positive. Uh, that, that's a hard yeah. pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's prove. Let you feel any better, Ed? No. I feel yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been feeling positive the whole time, but yeah, that's just a little, little another shot. I'll take I'll take everyone I can get. Yeah. There you go, Mr. Positive. Hey. We'll, we'll have him back. You know what we're gonna do? Yeah, we're, like a positive person. We're gonna ask me if I yeah, ask me if I was dying, and I uh, I almost went there, and I said, No, nah, I'm not dying. You know, I'm not, I, I don't take that, I don't think that, uh, I don't take that line, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't I look it. for sympathy, I don't look for any sympathy, I'm not looking to. You're my brother, you know, I'm, so. you're my brother and I'm asking, and that's how we are. Yeah. We're all dying. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, but that, adult, that attitude will make you live longer. It, it will. It, and better. It will. And, and better. better. Yeah. Absolutely. So if I might, you know, we talked about all the work. Hey, bu- hey bud, I got to say this to you, Ed. I love you with all my heart, man. Yeah, well, you know, same here. Same here. Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I said, I love you with all my heart. And you're like, yeah, ditto. You that's a douchebag. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, a, that's what guys say cold when they really don't stone like you. leprechaun. <laughs> what a cold, cold man. Well, damn, Eddie. Well, that's okay. I wasn't looking for anything. <laughs> yeah, Maybe a like little it. something. <laughs> We've been yeah, well, you know, we're... Uh, <laughs> That we got this far, you know, so we're just sticking with what what got us here, and uh, sure, you know, we've been uh, we've been working bros since uh, day one. You know, I heard you were the guy, that, you were the man, and uh, and everybody, you know, wanted to work with you, and um, you wouldn't work with anybody, and uh, not just anybody. and then. Not just anybody. This is the beginning because you, know, you were the new guy. I was I was there for five months, and, and uh, but you were kind of the star that they brought up from from where uh, Detroit. Um, I don't ever I don't know where you came from anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to work. With, I, wanted, I wanted to want I wanted to work with you, and we we uh, really you know we did it that first day. We did it every day afterwards. I'm going to say this. I was talking to my wife last night, looking back, like every generation got their moment, right? And that doesn't mean anybody's irrelevant or whatever, but like you got your, your moment, me and you, bro, like Mm -hmm. that, that five years from 95, to like 2005. We got, we got our five. Yeah. We got our 10, the turn of the millennium, a really important moment in world history. Right. That was ours. Mm Fucking nailed that, bitch. I love you. Look, I want to get to this last piece here. So I, I want yeah. you to just listen to it. This is one more big things going on in America. A lot of big things are going on. 
But tomorrow, the super unemployment ends. The $300 the feds are sending you is gone. And, right. and our reporter, comedian Detroit Red, yes, comedians were out of work. Now Red's freaking out because the check ain't going to come and he's got to get off his ass and go back to work. <laughs> right? right? So uh, here's basically Red in a bathrobe out there panhandling jokes for a buck. It's called uh, Funny for Money. Last week for unemployment. Man, I hope I got a check. Yeah. I got to say this. As always, the working man story is brought to you by the bricklayers, right? Who invite you to join up. You get a signing bonus. You uh, get fully paid health insurance. Uh, what's it, What's the signing bonus? Two grand? About, it yeah. It's mm -hmm. two grand. Okay, you're going to have a real pension plan, a real career. There's more work than they know what to do with. This is very popular. Big response. If you're looking to work, the unemployment's run out, you go to bricklayers.org and click join BAC. One more time. Bricklayers. That's spelled with a Y. Bricklayers.org and click join BAC. Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers Local 2. Working red. Re retool it. Go back. It did. Okay, it did. great. You're you're a professional, bro. which is great because the the uh, video thing failed. So you bought me some time. Thanks, bricklayers. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right on, bricklayers. So hopefully this works now. All right. Last week for unemployment. Man, I hope I got a check. What? Damn. Guess I got to go to try and make some money. Funny for the money. Put a tip, get a joke. I'd work comedian. Funny for the money. Can you contact Downtown Detroit Partnership? Can I contact Downtown Detroit Partnership? Why? They ain't gonna call back. Yeah, they will. They will? They email, actually. They email at me. All right, I'm out to get with the, get me over here on the regular. Yeah, they, they will pay you. To Other come over and Yeah, they will pay you. But oh, well, I'm about to make that contact. <laughs> but you can't be in here without a permit. You are are you quit? Wait a minute. Hey, you wait a minute. Hold on. No soliciting of no. Of I, I'm not soliciting anything, What's, though. I'm just, just doing a joke. No, that's that's a tip. That's not an obligation. Oh, no. That's just in case you want to. Money for the money. Give a tip, get a joke. Get a tip, get a joke. I got the money for the money. Here you go. Tip for a joke. Uh-oh. Oh, baby, we go. Here we go. It's showtime now. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Why did the chicken cross the road? Get to the other side. No, he didn't want to wear a mask, so he's social distancing. <laughs> Funny for the money. Oh. Wait a minute, my, my, my DUI is gone. I, I, I don't, you don't want me breaking in nobody's house or nothing, so, do you? Look, we hiring though. Look, I've got a, I got $16 something to an hour. $16 an hour. You can, you can start, you what, start you know, I can tell jokes for $16 an hour. All day long with a uniform on. Oh, no, no. Uh, you walking. Oh, I got to walk and? <laughs> yeah, you with got the uniform. No, no, see, with, with jokes. With the, no, no, with, with the, the jokes, jokes, I just stand with a microphone and I talk to people. Oh, I have yeah. to go back into my field to work. I can't be changing up the game. Oh. Funny for the money. Funny for the money. I'd work comedian. I'd work. How do you? Charter a private jet to Miami. Free joke here. How do you charter a private jet to Miami? Anybody? I don't know either. Call Governor Whitmore. She got the hookup. Oh, Funny man. for the money. Funny for the money. You gotta be crazy to be a comic, so I might as well get a jump on it. Clubs ain't back open, but I'm out here telling these jokes. 
You got to tell them out there. Oh, I got to tell them. So, so I, I really got to go. So I'm being put out out of campus marshes. Not so much as put out. Just go to, go that way. Say you know, we, we got sponsors and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. well, now I got to give you a joke. You done gave me what a Whatever. <laughs> My son, you know, these kids way smarter than they used to be. Because mm -hmm. they got a lot more technology and knowledge than we did. My son at the age of six showed me how smart he was. We walking down the street and see two dogs doing it across the street. So he say, Daddy, what them two dogs doing? Of course he's too young for me to tell him the real, so I made up an answer. I say, son, the dog on top is a friend. And the dog on bottom is his boy helping him home. He didn't hurt himself. I think I done answered the question. My son looked me dead in the face and said, Daddy, Ain't that just like a friend? Help him out, and he fuck you every time. <laughs> hey, thank y'all. This is what you call a slow walk to a fast exit. That's what you call that. I appreciate you. You keep doing your thing. You too, sir. All right, now. So, wait, can, can I go right here? Long as you're on the sidewalk, free property, right there. Oh, right here? Yeah. You right here, okay, right here. I'm back at it, funny, for the money. Bam. I'm gonna stay in here for a minute. Funny for the money, give a tip, get a joke. No? I guess people just don't like to laugh like they used to. An out of work comedian ain't as valued as I thought we was. Give a damn. At this rate, look like I'm gonna be telling jokes from a box for real. <laughs> hey, Byron. Yo. That was, that was, that was shot by uh, Red's wife, Wifey Poo. She did a great job. Yeah. So what we're gonna do? We get a little tutorial like on on the sound, right? Yeah, yeah. And then get get him a, a camera instead of the cell phone. I think it'll work. I think they got Charles, something there. There's no people good. downtown, Good Charlie. team. Who is he gonna ask for a dollar? He got three dollars, Karen. Which is oh, more than boy. showed up in the box. It, it, okay. I was trying to do the math. All he has to do is tell sixteen jokes. He's sixteen bucks an hour. Yeah. Or he could have picked up the pennies from last week, and he still would have been ahead of the game. That too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be working, wouldn't it? Listen, before I forget, uh, uh, Red uh, is uh, is putting on a comedy concert. It's called the I Should Be Famous Sweeties Day Comedy Concert, October 16th at the Historical Senate Theater, starring Tony Roney, Simple Chanel, Frankie G, and filming his first stand-up comedy special is comedian Detroit Red. Hopefully it ain't on a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Show starts at 8. That's at 6424 Michigan Avenue in Detroit. Tickets are 40 a person. Limited two-for-one specials available. For tickets and show info, call 313-740-6533 or go to whynotaticket.com. He's so clever, it's spelled letter Y, notaticket.com. So don't actually spell it. It's whynotaticket.com. It's phonetically. Phonetically. Yeah, phonetic it's, spell. it's red. Okay. All right, listen, um, let me just say, uh, I love you, Marion. Have a fantastic week. I know it'll be thank hard, you. but, you know. Thank you to all the vets. Your service does matter to very many of us. Mike, Hi. all your people. God bless Everybody you. in public safety. May the good Lord happy, keep us safe. Happy Labor Day. Thank you. Karen, love you as well. Your office looks great. 
It's in progress. I'm cleaning it up for you, Charlie. Cell block D is on the come up. Yeah, that cork board's a little out of place. Little. Hey, I like it. I'm fixing it, though. One thing at a time. I had to paint and all that stuff. So just wait. <laughs> I mean, how, how much effort does it take to move a cork board? I, I, really not. But I like my stuff. I have my note here from Charlie LaDuff. I keep it right here. It says, I'm happy to be your friend. I have to look at that almost every day. Oh. I appreciate that. These are things that are special to me. I'm a creep. Aesthetics beside, aside. <laughs> hey, Eddie, I love you, dude. Um, I'll call you this weekend, okay? Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. And yeah, let me talk to some other people and you and about about stuff. But there's my song. Yeah, let's leave that for Eddie. We're thinking of you, babe. Thanks, bro. Talk to you. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me In the jingle jangle morning I'll come following you Though I know that evening's empire Has returned into sand Vanished from my hand Left me blindly here to stand But still not sleeping My weary Amazes me, I am branded on my feet. I have no one to meet, and the ancient empty streets too dead for dreaming. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. In the jingle jangle morning, I'll come following you. Take me on a trip upon your magic swirling ship. My senses have been stripped, my hands can't feel to grip, my toes too numb to step. Wait only for my boot heels to be wandering. Into my own parade Cast your dance and spill my way I promise to go under it Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man Play a song for me I'm not sleepy And there is no place I'm going to Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man Play a song for me in a jingle jangle morning, I come following you. Though you might hear laughing, spinning, swinging madly across the sun, it's not aimed at anyone, it's just escaping on the run. And but for the sky, there are no fences facing. And if you hear vague traces of skipping reels of rhyme To your tambourine in time It's just a ragged clown behind I wouldn't pay it any mind It's just a shadow you're seeing that he's chasing Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to Tambourine man, play a song for me In the jingle jangle morning I come following you
take me disappearing through the smoke rings of my mind down the foggy ruins of time far past the frozen leaves the haunted frightened trees out to the windy beach far from the twisted reach of crazy sorrow Yes, to dance beneath the diamond sky with one hand waving free Silhouetted by the sea, circled by the circus sands With all memory and fate driven deep beneath the waves Let me forget about today until tomorrow Time Marine Man, play a song for me I'm not sleepy and there is no place I'm going to Hey, Mr. Time Marine Man, play a song for me In the jingle jangle morning, I come following you